Welcome to Tableland Explorers on Faith FM, coming to you from the northern Tablelands of New South Wales. I'm Luke, and on Tableland Explorers, we unpack the truths of the Bible and adapt them to our lives. Today we have an awesome show lined up for you today, and it's going to be a little bit different. If you've been listening to our radio show before, you know that we've been usually using teens from my churches around the area and other teens from the Northern Tablelands area. But today we have some two new guests with us. These people just happened to be really good friends of mine. They wanted to be a part of the show. So I was like, yep, let's do a recording and let's get you guys part of the show. So today we have my best friend and my childhood friend, Trent. How are you, Trent? Yeah, I'm really good. And yourself? I'm going very well. It's exciting to be here and doing a show together and doing a Bible study together. It's going to be awesome. Now, Trent, you brought someone along with you today. Who who have you brought along? Yeah, uh, I have brought along my amazing wife. Woo! Mm -hmm. Did he just say wife? Unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) We always had a bet to see who would get married first and, well, he won. I gotta say, but you've definitely taken the cake with the best, best man speech ever. Yes. That that was fun. (laughs) Hands down. I think we were not expecting to laugh at every phrase that came out of your mouth. Oh, well, you get that. I even started off with a laugh when I dropped my iPad. That was pretty funny. (laughs) Yes, indeed. (laughs) But it's good to have you guys here. Um, so Aaron, tell us a little about yourself. Where are you from? Where'd you grow up? How have you been? Yeah, hi uh, to our Tablelands Explorers listeners. So um, I'm Erin now Keegan, and I'm a nursing lecturer at Avondale University. Nice. So you're a lecturer there, and Trent, you actually study at Avondale, don't you? What do you do? Yeah, so I'm back there. I'm now in my final year of ministry and theology. Praise the Lord. Mm -hmm. I'm excited to finish out and, um, yeah, move forward. I'm sorry to tell you, but that last year goes the longest out of the other three well, for me, it did anyways. Hope it doesn't for you. I don't know if I'm going to have time to actually experience any any slow uh, experiences to this year. It's uh, going to be pretty flat out, but it'll be good. It will be good. It, this year is going to be awesome with a lot of things that we have planned here at the radio, a lot of things that we, uh, Trent and I, work together doing Pathfinder stuff for our conference. So mm. yeah. we've got a lot of stuff to plan. We're actually planning a activity at the Camp Re. If you listened to a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about our trip down to... Tumbarumba to um, plan for our campery. Mm. Which which so, campery is this? Who gets to go? Next January in 2023, we have all the Pathfinders around Australia coming together in South New South Wales for a camp for five days. Now, Pathfinders is for young people between 10 to 16. Now, most Adventist churches run a Pathfinder club, so if you have a local Adventist church in your area, you can go check it out and ask them to see if they have a Pathfinder club that your kids can join into. They do club nights, they do camping, all sorts of different things, and most of all, they learn about God in all different sorts of ways. And Mm. this is a way that young people will get together and enjoy each other's company, learn new skills, and when we have a campery every four years, they get to meet other Pathfinders from all over the country. Now, I started Pathfinders when I was 10 and haven't really left. I stayed on a staff and I've been to multiple of these Pathfinder camperies that are coming up and they're absolutely amazing. I loved it. Um, it really helped me with my walk with Jesus and everything like that. How about you guys? You did um, Pathfinders as a kid and growing up as staff. Trent, how was your Pathfinder experience? Yeah, just like you, I started at age 10 and um, went through all the way to my master guide and I took a small sabbatical and then came back um, and yep. got into the leadership and, and 
um, DD work and stuff like that. Yep. I love it. I couldn't recommend it highly enough. And as you said, the more you get involved in it, the better it helps you in your own um, journey and your own walk with God. Yeah. Mm. So you mentioned DD. What's a DD, Trent? Uh, district director. So it gets. Mm. I, 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 I literally get to work alongside yourself and mm-hmm. um, our youth director in planning the bigger events um, yep. and helping camperies, um, expeditions, all those sorts of things um, come about. Yep. We also help the local club directors in anything that they need too. Exactly. Erin, did you do Pathfinders growing up? Yeah, sure did. I was with the Mwoomba Club uh, mm. all the way through to guides. And then, yep. like, I just think Pathfinders is such a rich experience. If it wasn't mm. for Pathfinders, we would have never learned how to abseil yep. or kayak or, like, these crazy long bike riding Camping. camps. Like, sitting around a fire, I think, being away from a screen is such a rich experience for a young yep. person to have. And to have other adults other than your parents, I guess, sewing into your lives giving you experiences that you otherwise wouldn't have access to. And there's so many good memories um, that we still keep with us today from our Pathfinder years. Yeah, and I find that going on Pathfinder camps and doing the worships around a campfire, kids seem to be more responsive to learning about God around a campfire. Like they do listen in church and they learn at church, but I don't know, it's just a different experience being out in nature mm. and learning. Different learning environment. It is a different environment, and it's a nice environment to learn about God. So something we have been doing on the show here is asking our guests what their favorite Bible character is. So, Trent, what was your favorite Bible character and, you know, why? Okay. Um, it's hard. My character seems to change depending on the stage of life I'm going through at the time because yep. I relate to them. But um, definitely Joseph always comes to mind. You know, mm-hmm. he, he was a man who went through a lot of trials and a lot of struggle, um, but he always remembered to stay true to God and trust in his timing and not his own. Mm. And uh, through that, he was able to overcome and he succeeded in ways that no one would have ever imagined. He did. And I encourage you, if you don't know the story of Joseph, then you can find it in the Bible in Genesis chapter 37 all the way to the end of Genesis. It's a really good read to see about his life story. Now, Aaron, how about you? How, what's your favorite Bible character? Yeah, I'm loving reading the story of Moses at the moment. Mm. So in Exodus chapter 33, there's this bit where Moses is chatting with God and Moses says, like, Lord, if you will not go with us, don't send us up from here. And the mm. Lord says, I will surely go with you and I will give you rest. So mm. just that concept of like, we don't want to move in any direction unless we have the Lord's blessing. Wow, thanks. That's an absolutely really good insight to understand that. And I think we should adapt that to our lives to be able to, whatever we do, to be able to have God go with us. Now, that's the first we've had. Um, we've had Joseph before as a favorite character. Um, but Moses, I think, is the first we've had on the show. So that's really cool. Won't be the last. He's a cool dude. He is a cool dude. And there's so much about Moses that we can like know about, right? That's like all the way through the rest of Exodus. Um, and he did. He wrote the first five books of the Bible. He did. So, Aaron, you talked about being a nursing lecturer at Avondale, but you continue to still nurse as well, hey? Yeah, I do. So, I do keep some casual shifts with New South Wales Health. Mm -hmm. During the pandemic, they obviously had a lot of nurses that were being sucked out into vaccination clinics and off with COVID sick leave and that sort of thing. And so, 
Um, a lot of us lecturers are picking up shifts. It keeps us current, but it also um, really does contribute towards a system that's hurting so much as we've all seen in the news. Yep. So the other week I accepted a shift in uh, drug and alcohol. That's not your normal area, is it? Not my normal area at all. I'm, I'm normally a cancer nurse. And so in this drug and alcohol clinic, uh, they literally give out methadone to 60 to 70 um people that will come through the door. So some of them have had addictions with heroin in the past. And of course, to be able to obtain an illegal substance, you often have to do an illegal act to do that. So we see crime rates going up and um, methadone is a drug that is prescribed by a medical practitioner. You come in and get it daily. And um, basically it helps people get off heroin and to still get a similar hit, but not in an illegal way. And so it's all about harm reduction, not harm elimination. So when I was there, I was just really confronted by some of the stories that I'd heard. Not everyone's choice is to be in that situation. You know, they've had quite an abusive traumatic past. But as I was seeing these people, I was like, Aaron, you need to smile to them. You need to ask them about their day, their week. Like, what would Jesus do in this situation? How would he... Um, have these conversations with people that are struggling with a significant substance addiction um, and really trying to get their lives back on track. And I was reminded of, you know, the story in John chapter 8 where Jesus has had an interaction with a woman caught in the act of adultery and he says to her, like, where are your accusers? Mm. Like, Jesus doesn't accuse, the devil does. And Jesus instead says, neither do I condemn you, go and sin no more. And there's this real like clean slate that our Savior offers us. And I was also confronted, you know, in my local church, would these folk feel comfortable coming in through our doors? How welcoming, how approachable are we to the raw community in that state? And I think we need to really keep that in mind as we are pitching our worship services. Is it just to those who are already cultured in terms of the Adventist yeah. church or could someone walk in off the street having had the experiences that they've had and feel welcome in there as well? Yeah, and it's like you know, adapting what you learned from that story to your life into being able to go, you know what, yeah, on the street these people might be a bit difficult to, to meet and to talk to, but in that position you're like, no, I need to be able to still treat them the way they deserve, you know, just because they've – struggling with addiction and going through those things, they still need to be treated as a human being. A hundred percent. You know, they probably haven't had anybody nice say anything to them or seen a smile. You know, they probably just get pushed aside on the street. But no, Stereotypes. Yeah, stereotypes, you know, and it's really encouraging to see that you're able to, you may not have mentioned the word Jesus, but you acted the way Jesus would, and I think that's very important. Sometimes our actions speak louder than words. We may be the only Bible people read. No, and I think that you've done a really good thing here where you've shared where, you know, you've been able to adapt these truths in the Bible and adapt them to your life, which is really cool. And I think that's something we all need to do. Praise God. So last week, if you were listening to us, we talked about the signs of the times and what will happen just before Jesus comes back. Now, this week, we're looking into the Bible and our study topic today is how will the world end? So today's topic is the second coming. What does the Bible say about how Jesus is going to come back? So if you would like to follow along with the Bible study today, you can text SOP4, no spaces, to 04888880831 for the PDF of today's study guide. So text SOP4, no spaces, text that to 04888880831. 
Today we are on the study guide four, titled How Will the World End? Also, we have an awesome free offer for you today. So stick around and get the code word. You're listening to Tableland Explorers on Faith FM. Here is Emmanuel Quartet with We Have This Hope. We have this hope that burns within our hearts. Hope in the coming of the Lord. We have this faith that Christ alone imparts. Faith in the promise of His Word. We believe the time is here nations far and near shall awake and shout and sing hallelujah christ is king we have this hope that burns within our hearts hope in the coming of the Welcome back to Table and Explorers. Today, we're going through the Secrets of Prophecy Bible Study Guides. These study guides are taking us through some of the most amazing prophecies of the Bible. Some of them have already been fulfilled. Some of them are being fulfilled right now, and some will be fulfilled in the near future. This will cover some of the most important teachings of the Bible. If you're a keen student of the Bible, or just interested in what the Bible says, then these studies are for you. If you are just joining us and would like to catch up on this study or previous studies, you can go to faithfm.com.au and go to the podcast section and look for Tableland Explorers. Or you can go to your app store and download the Faith FM Australia app. We are about to start our study, so if you would like to follow along with us, then text SOP4 with no spaces to 04888880831. Our study is titled, How Will the World End? So because we are doing a Bible study and we're opening the Word of God, something that we always do here on the show and whenever we do a Bible study is that we pray before we um, have our Bible study. So please join us with prayer in however you like to pray. And if you're driving, please don't close your eyes. That's a good idea. Okay, let's pray. Dear Jesus, as we open up your Word and these study guides, Lord, I just pray that you speak through us, that you fill our hearts and minds with your Holy Spirit, that you may lead us to your conclusion and your interpretation. None of this has to come from us, Lord. It needs to come from you. So we just pray that you lead and guide us, that you bless us, Lord, and you bless those that are listening as we go through this study. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, so in the book, The Life and Death of Planet Earth, two astrobiologists from the University of Washington claim the world's future is bound by an internal time clock. Firstly, they say the age of plants and animals will be over. Then the oceans will be lost in space and eventually the entire planet will devolve into a burned-out cinder as the sun swallows it up in about 7.5 billion years. 
Yeah, and there's an astronomer by the name of Robert Smith. He's from the University of Sussex, and he actually agrees with these other two astrobiologists. The prognosis, he believes, is accurate, and he actually suggests that our only hope may be to get this – build a fleet of interplanetary life rafts. Mm. These rafts would need to, of course, manoeuvre themselves away from the reach of the sun, but still stay close enough to use its energy. Wow. Um, Well, how about we look at some of the other bleak options that we, um, we are seeing in the world of how it might end? You know, we have this idea that a global nuclear war will occur um, with only survivors being cockroaches. <laughs> These cockroaches will be the seed that evolves into um, the next intellectual species in like a 100 million years or so. Mm. You know, there's that other one of a doomsday asteroid that will hit the planet and destroy humanity. You know, according to the Near Eastern Asteroid Tracking Project at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory, there are between 500 and 1,000 large near-Earth objects that could accomplish this objective. There's another idea that a fatal disease will sweep the Earth and wipe out all of humanity. This could be like an alien microorganism or a man-made disease through biotechnology, such as an airborne version of the, say, Ebola virus. Others are suggesting that like 10 million black holes within our Milky Way will move towards Earth resulting in the um, planet being injected from the solar system and hurled into a frigid fate in deep space. Mm. Someone else has also said that experiments with a large hydrogen collider or the LHC will go wrong and instead of recreating the Big Bang, 21st century scientists will turn the entire planet into a fine cloud of particles. So is the future this gloomy? Is there any hope for planet Earth or are we doomed to an eternity of oblivion? This study guide will document the prophecies of scripture that clearly outline how this world will end. Wow. Tell you what, it looks pretty bleak for the world. Mm. So let's kick off our study with the first question and see what hope is there for the future? So I have two Bible verses for this first question. Titus 2.13 is where we're going to start. And it says, Looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Saviour, Jesus Christ. It shows a beautiful image, doesn't it? Mm. But then our second verse, we are going to move to Revelation 21 and verse 4. And this says, And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. I think these two verses sum it up. The future life will be full of new beginnings. Mm, Yeah, Will. And, you know, just imagine no more broken relationships, no more cancer, no more depression, no more loneliness, and no more youth suicides or suicides at all. Mm, I can't wait Mm. for the power and effect of sin and death to be forever gone and that it would be replaced with health and happiness and peace. Now, that all sounds too good to be true, but it's not. And our next question says, what event will bring this new life of unending hope and happiness? Well, Hebrews 9.28 gives us that answer. And Hebrews 9.28 says, So Christ was offered once, to bear the sins of many. To those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time apart from sin 
for salvation. You know, the second coming of Christ brings victory and salvation to the followers of Jesus and an end to this world in its present state. Mm, This event is so important that it is mentioned over 1,000 times in the Bible. And in the New Testament alone, one in every 25 verses speaks of the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. Makes it pretty important, huh? Amen. That's an awesome, awesome thing to see. So I guess the question is, how can we be certain that Jesus will in fact come again? If you have your Bibles, turn with me to John 14, 1 to 3. You'll see here that it says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. Jesus gives us his word that he will come again. Yeah, and I love that it's not maybe or should be or hope to, but will. If there is one thing we can be absolutely certain of, it is the second coming of Jesus. Mm, Yeah, that's so true. And, you know, notice here also that the main purpose of the second coming is to receive us to himself and take us back to heaven. Wow, so we can see such certainty that Jesus will come again. But question four, how will Jesus come? And so we're going to look at Acts 1, 9 to 11. So it says here, Now when he had spoken these things, while they were watching, he was taken up, and the clouds received him out of their sight. And while they were looking steadfast towards heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Evidently, when Jesus comes back, he will come back in the same way that he left. Yeah, that's so right. And, you know, he'll be coming back literally and personally, not figuratively or spiritually. Notice the visual words in the text, watched, looked, behold, gazing, and saw. Just like those apostles, we will be able to look up into heaven and actually Mm. see him come back to earth. Also, this will be the same Jesus who returns, not a ghost or a spirit, but in bodily form, just as when he left. Okay, so we've heard that Jesus is coming back. We've seen how he's coming back. But question five says, who will be with Jesus when he does return? And we actually find this answer in Matthew chapter 25 and verse 31. And the Bible says, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. Well, can you imagine the enormity of the second coming of Jesus? Jesus will be coming down out of heaven, sitting on his throne, accompanied by possibly billions of his angels. To be honest with you, I can't imagine that. Like, it's beyond comprehension. It's, it is. It's beyond a Hollywood production. It's something that is out of our world, out of our imagination even. The Bible does say, no eye has seen, nor ear has heard. So I do agree with that. It's it does. impossible for us to imagine. What but it's going to be an absolutely amazing sight, isn't it? Oh, the Bible also says that the sky will be rolled back like a scroll when Jesus comes. It's going to be absolutely amazing. 
Mm. If you would like to follow along with our Bible study today, you can text SOP4 with no spaces to... 04-888-80831 for the PDF of today's study guide. So text SOP4 without spaces. Text that to 04-888-80831. Today we are on study guide four titled How Will the World End? Also, we have an awesome free offer for you coming up soon. So stick around to get the code word. You're listening to Tableland Explorers on Faith FM. Here is Cardiphonia Music with Oh, When Shall I See Jesus? Shall I see Jesus and reign with Him above And shall hear the trumpet sound in that morning And from the flowing fountain drink everlasting love And shall hear the trumpet sound in that morning Shout of glory Trumpet sound in that morning Shout of glory For I shall mount above the sky When I hear the trumpet sound in that morning
Jesus is your friend And if you lack foreknowledge He'll not refuse to lend Neither will He upbraid you Though often you request He'll give you grace to conquer And take you home to rest Shout of glory for I shall mount above the sky Welcome back, Tableland Explorers. Today, we are going through the Secrets of Prophecy Bible Study Guides. These study guides are taking us through some of the most amazing prophecies of the Bible. Some of them have already been fulfilled. Some of them are being fulfilled right now, and some will be fulfilled in the near future. They will also cover some of the most important teachings of the Bible. If you are a keen student of the Bible or just interested in what the Bible says, these studies are for you. If you are just joining us and would like to catch up on these studies or previous studies, you can go to faithfm.com.au and go to the podcast section and look for Tableland Explorers. Or you can go to your app store and download Faith FM Australian app. Let's go back to our study. We are on study number four and question six. So question six, if you're following along in your guide, says, Who will see Jesus when he returns? In Matthew chapter 24, verse 30, it says, Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven. Then all of the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And if we cross-reference this over to Revelation chapter 1, verse 7, it says, Behold, he is coming with clouds, and every I, who? Every eye. Every eye will see him, even they who pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Even so, amen. So the second coming will clearly be a global event seen by everyone, good and bad. Yeah, I love how it says, every eye will see him. No one will miss this event. Mm, yeah, you're right. And, you know, Jesus compared his coming to a huge electrical storm flashing from one side of the sky to the other. That can be found in Matthew 24, verse 27. Wow, that sounds like God's going to be coming clearly and visibly. Um, question seven but asks, will the second coming of Jesus occur secretly? And so when we look at John 5, and it's in 28 and 29, it says, Do not marvel at these For the hour is coming in which all who are in the grave will hear his voice and the coming forth those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. You know, I'd like to add in 1 Thessalonians 4.16 before we discuss this and it says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God, And the dead in Christ will rise first. Yeah, there will be nothing secret or silent about the second coming of Jesus. Even the dead will hear the voice of Jesus. Yeah, with words such as shout, voice, and trumpet, God wants to make sure we are absolutely clear that the second coming will be an event everyone will hear. And everyone will see. 
But question 8 says, What did Jesus mean when he said in Matthew 24, One will be taken and another left? Well, let's read what the Bible says. And this is found in Matthew 24, verse 37 to 40. And it says, But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark, and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Then two men will be in the field, one will be taken and the other left. Some Christians believe in the concept called the secret rapture. At the heart of this teaching, Jesus is said to rapture away the righteous in secret. Yeah, an instance of this is when a plane is flying along and suddenly the pilot simply vanishes. The good are taken away silently while the wicked are left on planet Earth. You've probably read books or seen movies yourselves, which incorporates this concept. A film that comes to mind uh, is the movie Gone, which depicts three lawyers who were left behind while their more ethical friends were whisked away to heaven in secret. Yeah, the words of Jesus here in Matthew 24 are often used as evidence for the theory of the secret rapture. But notice what Jesus is actually saying. Jesus compared the second coming to the global flood At the time of Noah, he describes how the people of the day were enjoying everyday life as per usual until the flood came along. Some were taken and others were left. You know, there is not even the slightest indication that this event is secret, nor is there any reference to a two-stage coming. One of the key secrets of prophecy is that the second coming is not going to be secret. The return of Jesus will be the loudest, most visible and global event in this world's history. Yeah, I'd like to just add as well, you know, we talked about this plane theory and the pilot being raptured away. You know, we've read about a God and how he is a good God, a Mm -hmm. loving God and a caring God. Can you imagine a plane full of passengers where the pilot all of a sudden vanishes and disappears is now going to crash and everyone will die? Does that Mm. sound like the kind of God that we we love and we worship? No, No, not really. And it's always good to point out that the Bible says God is love. So when you are interpreting the Bible, if you can't see a God of love in that interpretation, then I would say that your interpretation is wrong. Moving on, question nine says, how will the second coming affect planet Earth? This answer is taken from Revelation chapter 16, verses 18 to 20, and it says this, And there were noises and thunderings and lightnings, and there was a great earthquake, such a mighty and great earthquake as had not occurred since men were on the earth. Now the great city was divided into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell, and great Babylon was remembered before God to give her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. Then every island fled away, and the mountains were not found." With unprecedented earthquakes, islands sinking and mountains falling, planet Earth as we know it will be devastated by the second coming. Also, 2 Peter 3.10 gives another description of the powerful destruction of Earth when Jesus comes back. And it says here in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 10, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, And the elements will melt with ferment heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it 
will be burned up. Now it doesn't seem anything that will be secret. It sounds like when Jesus comes back, this earth is going to really take a beating. Yeah, but you know, when it does refer to like a thief in the night, you know, people think it is still this idea of secret. But mm. you know, as a as a homeowner, if you knew a thief was coming, you'd be prepared for him, and so it wouldn't be a surprise. A thief always works on coming when you're not expecting it, when you yeah. least expect it. And so when we look at this idea of what we read earlier with Noah in his time, the people were not expecting the coming of the flood. And so it's the same thing here that we're referring to. The people are not prepared. They're not looking forward to the coming, so it comes like a surprise. Mm-hmm. But that is, that is where it's referring to like a thief in the night. So then with question 10, what will happen to the kingdoms of this world when Jesus returns? We go to Daniel chapter 2 verse 44. And if you've been following along our studies, we looked at this back in study 2. So turn with me to Daniel 2 verse 44. And it says, And in the days of these kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. Here we find the key point to the secret dream given to King Nebuchadnezzar. I like to refer to him as my mate Neb, (laughs) more than 2,500 years ago. The second coming of Jesus will destroy all the kingdoms of this earth. Yeah, God will set up his own kingdom right here on earth and a kingdom that will stand forever. If you would like to follow along with our Bible study today, you can text SOP4 with no spaces, text that to 04888880831 for the PDF of today's study guide. So text SOP4, remember no spaces, text it to 04888880831. Today we're on study guide number four titled, How Will the World End? Also, we have an awesome free offer for you today, so stick around to get the code word. You're listening to Tableland Explorers on Faith FM. Here is Shane and Shane with Ancient of Days. Though the nations rage, kingdoms rise and fall, there is still one king reigning over So I will not fear for this truth remains that my God is the ancient of days None above Him, none before
future brings I will watch and wait For the Savior King The Ancient of Days Welcome back to Tableland Explorers on Faith FM. We have been going through the Secret of Prophecy Bible Study Guides, and today we are exploring the Bible to see how the world will end. There are lots of different theories out there on how the world will end. We're studying these ancient scriptures to see what they say about how these events will take place. This study has been teaching us how Jesus will come back to take us home to be with Him. If you're just joining us and would like to catch up on this study or previous studies, you can go to faithfm.com.au and jump on the podcast section and have a look for Tableland Explorers. Or use your phone and go to the App Store and download the Faith FM Australia app. Let's get back to our study. We are on study number four and jumping in at question 11. Okay, so question 11 says, What will happen to the living wicked when Jesus returns? We find this answer in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 8. And the Bible says, And then the lawless one will be revealed whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. You know, the wicked cannot bear the sight of a pure and holy God. You know, in Revelation 6 verses 15 to 17, it says that they shout out for the rocks and the mountains to fall on them, to hide them from the face of Jesus. Yeah, we also see in Matthew 28 verses 2 to 4, how it refers to the resurrection of Christ and how the brightness of just one angel caused the Roman guards to faint and become like dead men. Imagine the impact of what could be millions, possibly billions of angels, along with the glory of Jesus. The evil natures of the wicked will be overwhelmed with his purity and brightness. Moving on to question 12, what will happen to the righteous dead when Jesus returns? The answer for this is found in 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 16. It says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will, someone finish it? Rise. Rise first. first. Mm. When Jesus returns, the righteous dead will indeed be raised first out of their graves. Imagine the excitement. Uh, I just can't believe it, of Mm. standing in a graveyard at the time or seeing your loved ones or relatives raised from their tomb. Yeah, that's going to be a fantastic day. And I have family members that are laying in the tombs waiting to hear the voice Mm. of Jesus to be able to wake up again. And, you know, the prophet Isaiah says that the dead will wake and sing praises to their God as they are lifted up to meet Jesus in the air. Amen. Amen. Can't can't wait to be part of that number. Mm. So we've just read that the righteous will be raised from the dead. But in question 13, what will happen to our bodies when Jesus comes? Um, We find the answer to that in 1 Corinthians 15 and verses 52 and 53. And it says here, In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For the corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. What amazing news. These imperfect bodies will be changed. Yes, we will. And we will have eternal youth. 
Even more importantly, our natures will be changed as well. We will become immortal, mm. never to suffer, sin, or die ever again. What, great what an amazing thing that will be. Okay, so to continue on with what will happen when Jesus comes back, question 14 asks, what will happen to the righteous living when Jesus returns? First Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 17, it says, Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. You know, once the righteous dead have been raised, those who are alive and awaiting for the return of Jesus will rise into the air also. Yeah, there's going to be one giant reunion of all those who have loved God throughout the history of the planet. Notice but that Jesus does not set foot on the earth. No, he will not be seen on ABC or Channel 7 at a footy match or meeting the president at the White House. The earth will be wiped clean of all life and all the righteous will meet Jesus in the air. Yep, so if you're... Ever hear someone saying, hey, Jesus is over in Jerusalem or he's over visiting the Pope? Then He's, he's on TV. He's on TV. And that's not him. Don't be deceived. The Bible is very clear here that he mm. will not touch the earth when he returns. Yeah. And you know what? I don't know about you guys, but I'm really, really enjoying our study. Mm. Um, but I just want to let our viewers know that we have an awesome free offer for you today. So save this number in your phone. 4 808 Three one. That is o four triple eight eight o eight three one. And wait for the code word that is coming up soon. You're listening to Tableland Explorers on Faith FM. Here is Chris Rice with "This Is My Father's World." This is my father's world, and to my listening. All nature sings and round me rings The music of the spheres This is my Father's world I rest me in the thought Of rocks and trees, of skies and seas His hand the wonders wrought This is my Father's world The birds their carols raise The morning light, the lily white Declare their Maker's praise This is my Father's world He shines in all that's fair In the rustling grass I can hear him pass, he speaks to me everywhere. This is my father's world, oh let me ne'er forget, that though the wrong seems oft so strong, God is the ruler yet. This is my Father's world The battle is not done Jesus who died will be satisfied And earth and heaven be one 
Welcome back to Tableland Explorers. We have been going through the Secrets of Prophecy Bible Study Guides, and today we are exploring the Bible to see how the world will end. There are lots of different theories out there on how the world will end. We are studying these ancient scriptures to see what they say about how the world will end. These studies have been teaching us how Jesus will come back to take us home. If you are just joining us and would like to catch up on this study or previous studies, you can go to faithfm.com.au and go to the podcast section and look for Table and Explorers. Or you can go to your app store on your phone and download the Faith FM Australia app. Let's get back to our study. We are on study number four and at question 15. Question 15 says, what warning does Jesus give about the second coming? The answer to this is found in Matthew chapter 24, verse 5, which says, For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. Mm. So Jesus warns us that there will be counterfeit and fake Christ. It's interesting to note that the Jews are anxiously looking for their Messiah. The Muslims are looking for the return of Jesus. And the Christians, of course, are also looking for Jesus to return. Yeah, it's crazy that one Mm. of the last deceptions will be a range of counterfeit second comings, possibly including the secret rapture and a literal return by the devil himself claiming to be Christ. Yeah, because Jesus said in Matthew twenty four twenty four that these deceptions will be so effective, even the very elect may be fooled. That's a scary thought. It is. It is. I'm, I'm interested, but like it goes on then to say in question 16, how can we protect against such deceptions? And we see the answer to that in Isaiah 8, verse 20. And it says here, to the law and to the testimony, if they do not speak according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. It's interesting. Because the devil's counterfeit is going to be so good, we need to be in order to know what is right. We need to first understand the truth and trust the Scriptures. Yeah, you're so right. And we need to test everything by this word, the Bible. In this study guide, we have outlined from the Bible how Jesus will return. We can all be certain of this truth and error when it comes to this vital issue of the second coming. Mm, But it means we have to actually spend time in his word. Yeah, we have to know what's going to happen. You know, the Bible also says that the devil is going to come as an angel of light. Mm. Mm. You know, so we need to know our scriptures. So when we, um, when the false stuff is in front of us, we know that it is false. Yeah, we can, we can see counterfeit for real. So if I if I gave you a fifty dollar note and a seven dollar note and I said which one's a counterfeit? It's the seven dollars. We don't make one. Yeah, we don't. So then it's not going to be deceptive, right? Mm. Because it doesn't exist. Mm. But if I gave you two fifty dollar notes and said one is fake and one is real, you know, I've got to get a little bit closer and examine them very carefully to be able to try and decipher. And to know what is fake, do you study the original or do you study the fake? Study the real. Study the original. You study the original because the fake always changes. Now, if we study the scriptures 
and we know and understand how Jesus is going to come back, just the way we've studied today. We're not, we can't be deceived by what the devil is going to throw at us because we know what the Bible says. Mm. Mm, good analogy. Amen. So question 17 asks a really interesting question. And it says, what will the righteous say at the second coming? Like I've always thought about what I would say when I saw Jesus. The Bible actually records what the righteous will say to God when he comes. And it's found in Isaiah chapter 25 and verse 9. The Bible says, And it will be said in that day, Behold, this is our God. We have waited for him, and he will save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. We will be glad and rejoice in his salvation. You know, the righteous will not be taken by surprise. No, you remember that concept we talked about earlier mm. about Jesus coming as the thief in the night. Mm, yep. Yeah, and it's the thief in the night for the wicked, but for the righteous, we'll be waiting for Jesus. I mean, this is the, the verse says, doesn't it? It says we are being waiting for him. We will be glad. We will be rejoicing. I Anticipation. Love those, there's no mm, fear. Mm, Sorry. I just, I love those words. Behold. This mm. is our God. Mm. Like we have waited for him. Mm. Yeah. Like, oh. And we have. We've you know, most people have waited a lifetime. You know, people That's have true. gone to sleep without um seeing Jesus return and mm. they're gonna be waiting in their graves till he does come. And mm. praise God that the first thing they see when they open their eyes mm. will be, will be Jesus. Jesus. Amen. Yep. That is beautiful. And they'll just say, Hey, behold how God has come. Mm. I wonder if we should memorize this script for when Jesus does come. I think we'd probably just say it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this is a force, like, you know, Check Isaiah is looking into the future, mm. you know, mm. to see, so he's seeing where that's what we're going to say, I whether think, you try not to or not. <laughs> I think there's going to be a tremendous amount of emotion and mm-hmm. like, oh, it's just, I can't, I can't give words to how amazing it's going to be. No, we can't. No mind can know. Yep. We're definitely hanging out in Matthew and Revelation and Isaiah. I was just, you know, Matthew gives such a great um, wide concept of the words of God when he was here. When Jesus was walking on the earth, he he covers it so well that we are spending so much time listening to the actual words of Jesus. Mm. And then yep. Revelation is all about revealing Jesus mm-hmm. Christ, particularly yep. at that end time. Yep. Exactly. Isaiah with the prophecy coming in. Well, he had such incredible vision of what was to come. Question 18 of this study says, Will everyone who claims to be saved be taken to heaven when Jesus returns? The answer to this is in Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 to 23. Follow along with me. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. There are plenty of people today who claim to be Christians, full of the Holy Spirit, yet they will miss out on heaven. Yeah, the reason is simple. Jesus wants not only our worship, but he also wants our obedience. You know, in fact, the highest form of worship is obedience. You know, any Christian who says, Lord, Lord, but is not willing to keep God's law is alienating themselves from God and not practicing true Christianity. You know, I've heard, heard a statement once saying, you know, people are going to miss out on heaven by 18 inches because it's the roughly the same distance between your head and your heart. 
Ooh, that's powerful. Right? Because you know we can we can know all this. The study that we're doing, it can it can protect you from deception. But if we don't have a relationship with Jesus, then it's not going to help us. Yeah, we really need to be following through our words with actions. I think the same is said in a loving relationship. You can't say, I love you, and then go and do things behind their back or that would injure them or people that they love. Right here, God is saying, I don't just want you to say you love me. I want you to be obedient and follow my laws, but also feed my sheep. Mm. I think there's a. it's like I love what you said about the 18 inches, you know, This can't be just an intellectual relationship. It has to be a spiritual, it has to be a genuine love relationship. Mm -hmm. And I love how question 19 actually goes on to say, what should be our attitude towards the soon coming of Jesus? You know, and we get our answer to that in Revelation 22 verse 20. And it says, he who testifies to these things says, surely I am coming quickly. Amen. Even so, Come, Lord Jesus. You know, the second coming is the great hope for the Christian. There may be some of you who want Jesus to come, but not yet. You may feel that you have too much of your life still to live. You want to get married. You want to have kids. You want to buy a house. Because the devil sells us this lie that a life with Jesus is boring and restrictive, right? But it's not. John 10.10 says, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full, have Mm. it abundantly. Life with Jesus involves living life to the full through health and happiness. You're so right. You know, it is a life that brings inner peace and contentment. Added to this, it will soon be an eternal life where there will be no more pain, suffering, sorrow, or death. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. You know, we cannot wait until Jesus comes back again to get us. Amen. Amen. Here in the studio, we have an awesome free offer for you today. So save this number in your phone, 04888-80831. That's 04888-80831. Wait for the code word that is coming up super soon. You're listening to Tableland Explorers on Faith FM. The song coming up is Reggie Smith with Hallelujah, We're Home at Last.
Welcome back to Tableland Explorers. We have been going through the Secret of Prophecy Bible Study Guides, and today we are exploring the Bible to see how the world will end. There's lots of different theories out there on how the world will end. We are studying these ancient scriptures to see what they say about how the world will end. This study has been teaching us how Jesus will come back to take us home. If you are just joining us and would like to catch up on this study or previous studies, you can go to faithfm.com.au and go to the podcast section and look for Tableland Explorers. Or you can go to your app store and download the Faith FM Australia app. Let's get back to our study. So in our study today, we have learned a lot about what the Bible says about how this world will end and how Jesus is going to come back. But there's three points that I'd like you to remember from our study. Point number one is the second coming of Jesus is the great hope for the Christian. Point number two is Jesus will return to planet Earth physically, visually, and audibly. And our point number three is deception regarding the second coming is a vital tool of the devil. So these are the three points that um, we would like you to remember. Guys, what do you think of those three points? Are they sum up the study very well? Yeah, the one that I really take away from this one is that the Bible is not secret about how mm. the end of the world is going to be. We don't have to yep. guess. In fact, we don't even get to guess if we believe yeah. that the Bible is true and all-encompassing. And as the Word of God, all you have to do is read it to know what the end of time is going to look like. I, I love the fact that, you know, the Bible tells us, God says, you know, I call you friend because I've told you what is to come. Yeah. You know, he doesn't treat us like a, a servant or a slave who has no idea about things. He's actually like, no, 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 I will tell you what is to come. So, you know, because I call you friend and that's what he wants to be is our friend and he wants us to be dwelling with him. He yeah. wants us to be informed. Mm-hmm. He does. He, he's giving us like, you know, when you're walking at night and you're like, you see a shadow or whatever and you're like, oh, what's behind this? Next scary corner, mm. so to speak. And you know, we learned last week of the signs of the times of when, what's going to happen before Jesus comes back. And even now with how he's coming back, Jesus has given us this so that we don't need to be scared of the future. Mm. You know, we know what's behind that next scary corner. So we don't have to be scared of it. And we won't be deceived by the yeah. devil. He's granting us the ability to have certainty in this world yeah. and in a world that is so uncertain. Um, it's amazing to have at least one thing that we can be grounded on for certainty. Yeah, and it gives us that certainty that we're not going to be deceived by the devil because that last point is, you know, the devil is going to be deceptive in the last days. He's going to be throwing out everything. We are caught up in the middle of the great controversy, this fight between the devil and Jesus fighting for us. Who Who are we going to give our loyalty to? Are we going to give it to Jesus or are we going to give it to Satan? You know, it reminds me of like a lighthouse. Jesus is our lighthouse. Mm, you know, if, if we're the ship in the water and we see the lighthouse, it's warning us of a potential to be shipwrecked on the rocks. And we can choose to either listen to that warning or ignore it. You know, God's saying to us, this world will come to an end. These kingdoms will come to an end. You can choose to either follow this world and be caught up in that shipwreck and the end of the world, or you can actually listen to the warning, and actually avoid it and be a part of God's kingdom. Mm -hmm. Mm. So reminds me of a story. Back in the early 1980s, a warning message was sent out to the residents of Mount St. Helens in the US. You may be familiar with it. Mm. Seismologists and other experts had monitored this volcanic mountain for months, and after a period of false alarms, they were certain that this time 
she was going to blow. One of the most famous residents of this mountain was a man by the name of Harry Truman. This old character was nicknamed the Old Man of the Mountain. He repeatedly had officials plead with him to prepare for the destruction by leaving his property and going to an area of safety. Truman would laugh at the rangers and camera crews and refuse to leave the mountain, certain he would be safe. But on May 18, 1980, at 8.32am, Mount St. Helens erupted violently. The powerful gases blew out over 1,000 kilometres per hour with a scorching heat of nearly 400 degrees Celsius. The result was the destruction of every living thing within a 20k radius. That day, 57 people lost their lives, including Harry Truman, buried about 30 metres under the lava. So, guys, what can we learn from this story as it relates to the destruction of the world at the second coming of Christ? You know, it shows me that um, even though we are we are sharing about this now, we're sharing about how Jesus is going to come and we're telling people how much Jesus loves them and what he's done for them, it just shows that some people aren't just going to listen. You know, mm. they're, they're just going to be like, oh, yeah, whatever, that's not going to happen. And it's really showing here that everyone did what they could to try and save these people, and they mm. didn't want to listen. Mm. And sometimes it's up to us to give people the information, and then it's up to them on what they do with it. Yeah. So right now we've, we've done a study and said, hey, the Bible says that Jesus is going to come back, and this is how he's going to come back, and don't be deceived. Now it's up to us, and it's up to you that have listened to work out what you're going to do with that information. I think it's also really cool, buddy, is that God doesn't force it on anyone. No, he doesn't. You know, he's literally like, well, here's the information, but it's your choice. Like, I want to have a relationship with you. I want to spend eternity with you, but I'm not going to force it on you. If that's not what you want, that's that's fine by me. But he said, but I love you, and I will tell you the future so that hopefully you'll actually want to have that same future with me. And now that we know those warnings, it is up to us to warn others. You know, you think about if you had information that a a bushfire was coming, you would tell your neighbours. If you knew that a house was on fire, you would tell people around you. And so you you need to, by obligation, explain to others why there is a risk, what that risk is, what the deception could be, and how they can avoid um, believing the wrong thing or missing the warning signs and missing out on eternity with Jesus too. It also makes me think about this idea like imagine if you could see the future, right? And you knew all of a sudden someone told you the future and said, you know what, tomorrow at a crosswalk you're going to get hit by a car and you're going to die. I would avoid every crosswalk that entire day <laughs> yeah. because I would be afraid of that coming true. If especially they told you something that was going to happen previously and it happened you'd be even more certain god has told us so much about prophecy in the past that we can see has come to pass Mm. so why would we doubt that the same thing would happen in the future you know it's like if i'm that afraid in just my own general sense right why would i not on a global sense Mm. i love that point because we've seen prophecies in the past come true we can believe that God will indeed also bring this to pass the way he said it will. Yeah, you know, on that note, we have some relational questions and discussion questions that are in our study here. And right on the topic, it's the first question is, why is understanding the second coming important to everyday Christian experience? And I think you shared some of that um, just then. But for me, I'm thinking that 
the understanding of the second coming is so important that we have something to hope for, something to look forward to. Mm. And that God's like, hey, yeah, there's going to be deceptions, but he's outlined clearly in the scriptures how it's going to happen so that we don't get deceived. And it helps us with our courage, our strength to believe what Jesus says. Yeah, and I think when you understand the second coming, it also changes your daily walk today. Mm. The way that you do life today will change as a result of your knowledge about the future. Yeah, and it makes me think back to John in Revelation where he says, you know, amen, come Lord Jesus. Like mm. it, it makes you every day looking forward to that coming. Like it's like I'm not just going to waste my time today. I'm not going to yep. spend hours in front of a television today because it's a waste of the time that God's given me here right now to do his work. And so it will actually motivate us to keep moving forward. Mm. Yep. That's really good. And you've kind of also answered almost question number two, Trent, because our next question is, what can you do in a practical way to protect yourself against fake Christ and religious deception about the second coming? I think you've got to be so well learned on the real thing. You've got to be yep. so familiar with scripture. And if you're not, then continue to join in with Tableland Explorers and unpack what those secrets of prophecy are so that we can together become familiar with what the real thing is so that when Satan gives us those religious deceptions, we can identify them as just that. Yeah, yeah. And I think we need to be actively pursuing a legitimate relationship with Jesus Christ. Yep. It's not just this like head knowledge or um, this, you know, intellectual thing that we know, but it's actually a physical thing. You know, if I've, you know, I'm, I'm, I've got a beautiful wife right here with me and, you know, if I spent zero time with her, I'm not having a relationship with her. Yeah. And so it's about having that genuine relationship, that real time communicating, speaking. And it says that this is God's word. It says in second Timothy, you know, it is God breathed. So it's like, it's literally the breath. The, and, and when we look at Genesis, it says, you know, God breathed the breath of life. So when we read this, it's literally yeah. giving us life. And yeah. so I think that's what we need to be pursuing actively. So that we're not dead Christians, but alive Christians. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. And understanding Scripture helps us understand Jesus. Mm, yeah. you, know, you can't have a relationship some, with someone if you don't know them. Yeah, exactly. Like we can't share Jesus if we don't know Jesus. Mm. And we could know all these facts from the Bible and from prophecy, but if we don't have a relationship with Jesus, they're worth nothing to exactly us. Exactly right. Because it's the relationship with Jesus that helps us to believe these things. Mm. Question number three says, what do you need to do in your life in order to know and do the will of God? So it's a bit of a personal question. What, what do you think you need in your life right now, Trent? Ooh, um, I would say to just be a little bit more intentional about my prayer life. Like yeah. I spend, I spend my mornings opening the word and spending time with God there. But sometimes I feel like my prayers can be really short and sharp rather than actually, and it's, me just speaking and not enough time giving God time to respond or just dwelling on the moment. Um, so I'd say that's probably where I need to be working. Mm, there's this yep. great children's song and it says, read your Bible, pray every day mm. and you grow, 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 grow. And I just think mm. it's so simple. Like that's the recipe. Read yep. your Bible, pray every day and you'll grow. Yeah, I think for me too, yeah, it's being a bit more intentional in prayer and actually asking 
God to reveal what His will is for me. Amen. So I think sometimes we just go, oh, yeah, God got a will for me, but we don't know what it is. Mm. And some people have gone, yeah, I don't know what it is. Well, have you actually asked God to reveal it to you, what His will is? Mm. And, yeah, I think if you're, you're out there and you're struggling to know what God's will is for your life, I suggest that you pray and you ask God to reveal it to you um, and reveal it through His Word. As you're reading through the Scriptures, He'll bring into mind what will He has for you. Mm. And as we've gone over, like He's revealing the end-time secrets to yeah. us. Like He's actually not keeping it a secret from us. So, yeah. And his, his will for us is to have a prosperous life. So I love the idea that if you ask Him specifically, like... He's not going to keep it from you. He wants you to know his yeah. will for your life. So he's going to actually reveal it to you. Because he wants you to do it. Yeah. That's and he wants you to secret. prosper. Yes. That's good. We've had a awesome study today and great discussions. And I want to thank you guys for coming to the studio today to mm, thank you, do this Luke. study. Mm, it was a pleasure. But like every study um, that we do, there always needs to be a response to what we've read and what we've studied because there's no point just um, reading it and looking at it and not responding um, verbally to what we have learnt. So our re- response question for us here in the studio and for you listening, the response question is, when Jesus comes, there will be only two groups, the saved and the lost. Would you like to choose today to accept Jesus and be among those who are saved? Now, for me, I, I put yes down there. I want to be part of that amen. saved group. How about you guys? Yeah, yes. Amen. Yep, and if you're out there and you're listening and you're making this decision for the first time, I encourage you to get in contact with us. You can email us at tableandexplorers at gmail.com and send us an email. We'll get in contact with you. Um, or you can find your local Adventist church to go and talk to the pastor to learn more about what you can do now. But you can also tune in next week for another study. But as we finish off our study today, we are going to have a short prayer. And Trent, would you like to pray for us? I'd love to. Be a blessing. Okay. Heavenly Father, Lord, what a privilege it is to open your word today and to spend time together. So, Lord, I just pray that um, those who have listened and those who have heard it, heard your word and have heard that, Lord, you want to spend eternity with them um, when you come again. I pray, Lord, that they would seek you out and that they would... Um, be able to find the places that you are calling them to in their life for their will, for the will of their life. Um, but I also pray as well, Lord, that they'll be able to get in connection with those who can help them on this journey and continue to progress. In your holy name, amen. 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 Alrighty, it has come time in the show to give you the code word for today's free offer. Today we have a box full of DVDs to give away. The DVD title is The Final Events of Bible Prophecy. This is a gripping 43-minute documentary that unlocks the amazing Bible truths of Earth's last days. Discover what the Bible really says about the rapture, the millennium, the second coming, heaven, hell, and much more. And we'll also be doing studies on these topics at a later date, so make sure you tune in. So this is a must-have DVD. I have watched this DVD, and it is absolutely amazing. I love it. It's so clear and easy to understand. So if you would like this DVD, text the code word hashtag TE16. Text that to 04888 that code word again, hashtag TE for Tableland Explorers and the number 16. So the code you need is hash 
TE16. Remember, no spaces. Text it to 04888808831 right now to get your free copy of the DVD, The Final Events of Bible Prophecy. Have you ever wondered why hatred and violence and evil exist? Who or what is responsible for it? Next week in our study, we'll be exploring a topic in the Bible called the war zone, a battle between good and evil. This is no ordinary war. It is a war over you. Next week, join us as we explore what the Bible teaches us about this war and how it identifies the fact that this is a war between Jesus and Satan and they are both fighting for you. Thanks for tuning in today to Tableland Explorers on Faith FM. If you're not sure about any of the things we've talked about on the show today, we want to encourage you to pray, ask God for clarity and study the Bible for yourself. As David said in Psalms 119, God's Word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. God bless and we'll catch you next time.